I got my family back again. We all felt the connection, like that brother and sisterhood. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Donna by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. And good morning, and we are here in the studio. I'm Tom King. Merle Kelch is here, and we are live, and we're going to take your phone calls. We're live for just a couple of more weeks. A couple more. Yeah. We've been doing the show a long time. You'll still be doing the show, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you'll be doing it without me after a couple Tom, of weeks. Tom is quitting because he's a quitter. <laughs> I'm a quitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Tom is retiring, and, and you're, what, 52 years old because you uh, – saved and invested because of this radio program oh is, well, is that right yeah, uh, that's well, that's not particularly true but okay if, i'll go with that i'd like to be 52 again i was in much better shape back in when i was 52 <clears throat> round is a shape yeah I mean, yeah don't right. judge i'm Any, uh, anyway we've got this show and then next week we're going to do a live show with you and alan yeah and then it'll be a best of on christmas eve and a best of on new year's eve and then mike leishner will be taking over the program with you on saturday so, so next folks, week is going to be by the way a, a cocktail buffet with donuts so anybody who wants to come to the studio stop no, don't tell them that because they will. Oh. No, no, no. We're not going to let people in the studio. Uh, it's not big enough. Uh, and we won't have enough donuts. But, uh, uh, yeah, 715-845-2155. If you have a question for Merle this morning, give us a call. The main headline on Market Watch today, why stock market investors shouldn't count on a Santa Claus rally this year. First of all, tell us what a Santa Claus rally is and why shouldn't we expect one this year. I disagree with the article. Okay, well, then tell and us, what, tell us why I you disagree with it. Then. And I actually don't have the article sitting up in front of me. I have a different article sitting up in front of me. But uh, but nonetheless, folks, you know, the Santa Claus rally is typically, as we come into the end of the year, um, the market tends to run up in expectations of what's happening with profits from sales from Christmas uh, and all the things that are going on. And the market tends to go up because people feel jovial and uh, start buying stuff towards the end of the year. And, um, you know, what's interesting is um, I have Tom, throughout the course of the summer, um, I have a bet with people, and folks, if, if you if you know me, you know the bet, and I always bet a can of soda because I'm a big swinger when it comes to betting. And so I said, I'm either going to have to buy cases and cases of soda or I'm going to get cases and cases of soda. And so far, it uh, looks like I'm going to have to have, uh, you know, Coke come by with a couple of pallets of soda. Um, but I bet that the Fed, that the uh, S&P, <laughs> I can't even talk, uh, I bet that the Dow was going to be positive by the end of the year. Now, it doesn't mean your accounts are going to be back, folks, because Obviously, if we go down 10%, the market's got to come back a little bit more than that to make up the 10%. Um, but that said, um, we're about 7% down right now, and I think we have every possibility of being able to hit that by the end of the year and having the Dow be positive. Now, if it's by a tenth of a point, I'm taking it for soda, baby. So then the reason for that is that um, corporate profits are still there. Um, uh, they're still making money. And, and the difficulty that everybody is having right now is that during a recession, you have big unemployment and big layoffs, and you have job creation falling apart, and it's not happening. I mean, we still have companies looking for jobs. There's jobs being posted, jobs being created. Unemployment, though, ticking up a little bit, so really not jumping up as they expect. And so all this sort of stuff is just so different than if you're having a normal classic type of recession. And I still go back to this is all still a part of a – a ripple effect of the pandemic that we're having. And so that's why everything seems to be a little bit off. So on this, you know, online sales have been pretty darn good when it comes to uh, Christmas. And so those numbers look to be okay. I think next week is going to be the tell. You know, next week we have the CPI numbers come out. We have Chairman Powell coming out on Thursday and what we're going to have to do with interest rates. Um, and so I think if we have a happy Powell, we could have a happy Powell Christmas and we could have a ho-ho-ho rally, um, which could be pretty spectacular. And I'm going to get my bets of can of soda. Is there the 
is there something wrong with having an economy that is based on having huge economic sales during a religious holiday that so much in corporate America is banked on people going out and overspending for a religious holiday? Is there something wrong with an economy that's based on that? Um, I think a lot of them do it. Okay. I think almost all religions end up doing that. Um, there's always something inside of a religion, regardless of where you are, that there's always some sort of a big celebration and a gift and an exchange and a transfer. We kind of um, go overboard, though, don't we? Well, we we probably do, but I think they all do it. I mean, um, every religion has some sort of a, a festive holiday in which you're giving gifts and, and giving food. So it's a celebration. Now, um, granted, um, more pe- some people take advantage of it more than others. And in America, we're really, really good at that stuff. But um, I think it happens all over the place. It's, a, it's an ebb and flow that happens inside of our economy. Um, you know, look at it for birthdays. I mean, what do we do with birthdays? We go, we buy a bunch of gifts and stuff and presents for whoever we're wishing a, a birthday. And, of course, this is a big birthday celebration if we truly want to do that. Um, but I think it happens uh, across the board. Um, you know, even in space, if you look at Star Wars, they have celebrations in space, too. All right, that was an attempt because Star Wars is fake. But, all right, so. At least that we It's do, been a long morning, Tom. Of, yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> 715-845-2155. Save us from ourselves and call with a question from Earl oh, here this God morning. Oh, God bless you if you do. Uh, yeah. God bless you, everyone. What was the what was the uh, the article that you had popped in front of you there? Well, we we popped up. We kind of uh, put it in. The U.S. has is, is had, a, and this is an article from Christine, oh, Jesus, DeZellis and Joseph Adenolfliss. Where do these names come from? My Lord. From, okay. From Christine and Joseph. Anyway, it's uh, just a market snapshot that they do on the end of Fridays. Uh, through, for, through MarketWatch.com, U.S. suffers weekly losses, snap two-week win streak as investors weigh inflation data ahead of the Fed meeting. And again, um, we've had two weeks of the marketplace, you know, coming back down, and we dropped back down a bit. Um, you know, one of the, the, the worst two weeks in two weeks, but of course we had some of the best two weeks prior to that. Um, but all in all, everything is just kind of in limbo and on hold and then looking at the data waiting until this next coming week. And so by the time we hear this show once again, um, if we use it for, uh, we'll be able to see uh, the things we talk about today are actually coming true. But I think the Federal Reserve, we're going to see a half a point, not three quarters of a point. Um, and uh, I'm really looking for the M2 money supply. And I did not look this morning or yesterday to see if that number come out. But the M2 money supply, which, of course, is one of the best indicators of inflation. I think that has actually come down, though we might not see it exactly inside of the store. I think uh, we're seeing M2 come down, so we see, should see inflation continue to keep driving down more. A lot more talk, by the way, on CNBC throughout the course of this past week that we either have no inf- recession or a very, very mild one if we continue on this pattern of inflation improving um, and profits remaining. Well, that's so what Janet we'll Yellen said this week. The Treasury Secretary said that uh, a... Um and a recession is not inevitable and in that she believes that we can get by without yeah. having a recession. Janet well, we'll Yellen's see. the former head of the Fed. I know she's the Treasury Secretary well, in the Biden administration. She's pretty political, now. but okay. I, I, I think she's right. Um, um, you know, it, it, I still think we have a recession coming. I mean, that's my opinion. And, and the reason I think we have a recession coming is because the interest rates have slowed down um, um, real estate so much. Now, I'm, I'm not afraid of a recession because typically during a recession, as we try to get the recession ended, and spark back up, interest rates go down, markets go up. And so so I'm not afraid from a recession standpoint. Um, but, you know, the, the the numbers, I think we think we still have a recession. But I think as we start getting longer into this, um, and if profits hold up, oil comes down, and we see inflation come down, if we have one, it's going to be pretty mild. We may not know, um, and, and potentially none at all. 
I, I still think we have a little bit of one coming yet. But when I look at, you know, folks, one of the big indicators that I have and, and part of the, uh, the cool part of the, the business and the job that I'm in is that I have a lot of people around the area that are business owners and business managers and that type of thing. And, and boy, WAS is such a great pulse as far as what's going on inside of the economy. And, and we may not realize it, but WASA is just a great little pulse because we've got little businesses that are almost in everything. And we tend to be affected um, either lagged or first, depending upon what it is. Um, and when it comes to building of manufacturing, hard manufacturing things, such as um, buildings in regards to skyscrapers, that type of stuff in corporate buildings, uh, because of our window industry, we have a pretty good pulse on that. We also have a lot of places that do hydraulic type of work. And hydraulic type of work is inside of almost every big piece of machinery we have from a manufacturing standpoint. And so with that, and, and of course, so we have air movement with the other companies. And so when you start asking them, saying, how's business? Is thing trailing off? Are things speeding up? What's going on? Right down to the plumbers and electricians. Do you have enough people? No, we're so busy, we still can't get enough people. And there's not one business, folks, not one in, in my conversations throughout the course of the last several weeks. Not one of them has said things are slowing down. None of them. And so with all this rhetoric that we hear on TV that we're having a recession, no, we're, we're not. I mean, we're, we're just not. I can't tell you um, any droves of employees that are being um, uh, uh, laid off. Now, East Bay aside, um, but what's interesting is uh, they don't own the building here in town. So they're simply moving the distribution from here uh, to another location. I think it's in, in Pennsylvania. So as the company, they're not getting rid of any employees. They're simply shifting the distribution from Wausau to Pennsylvania. Um, um, and I believe it's Pennsylvania. I, I want to make sure I have that accurate, but I believe I'm right. And so in that, even they're not getting rid of employees. They're just simply doing a, a shift of business. And they're keeping their call center and everything still here in, in town. So it's, it's interesting. I'm not finding one business that's um, falling apart or changing. Now, that aside, we're seeing some local businesses having issues. It's because they can't get the employees. You know, they can't get the employees, the people come in uh, to do the work as they used to do that. Even our mail carriers right now, they can't find well, enough I saw people that for Stephen's mail point, carriers. Yeah, they're having problems finding enough mail carriers since Stephen's point. You yeah. would think that a, a government job with a government pension and the benefits that come with it would be pretty attractive, wouldn't I'll you? I'll tell you what. Um, you know, folks, hopefully you're here. Go wake up some of your grandkids. You know, go wake them up now and have them listen to this part. I've been in this industry for, you know, 30-some years. And there's a couple of places that when you work there for a good amount of time, you get great pay, great benefits. And when you're done, you get a great pension. There's a few places that are some of the best you can get. Not many pensions out there anymore. Not many. State of Wisconsin, probably about the best I've ever seen. Um, and, uh, and, and go go work there. Um, God bless my niece. It looks like she's going to get in, in that system. Good for her. So uh, the, the other part of that is, is the federal pension. And you can be a postal worker. So you get to walk your whole life, stay in shape. Um, you know, meet all the people on your route, have a great time talking and BSing every day, delivering the mail, uh, and you know, uh, end it, up with a tremendous pension when you're done. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't sound bad until you see them walking around when it's 20 below zero out there. You know, the, well, nothing keeps the postman from delivering the mail walk or faster. postwoman. Walk faster, world would will add. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. I'll be here. 
Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. This is on your plate over there. Um, well, my computer is going enormously slow, um, but nonetheless, um, I think I can still make this work. I would think you would have all the latest bells and whistles and stuff. I think it's your internet. <laughs> that could definitely be true. <laughs> so, so it's an article by Mark Holbert. Um, he always has an opinion piece that's out here, folks, and it is really going slow. But nonetheless, the article is, if the bulls are really in control, meaning they were ending the bear market, and it looks like we're starting to turn a corner. It says in here, if the bulls are really in control, these stock market sectors would be leaders right now. And I have to go to a picture because it's going too slow. So bear with me one second here, Tom and everybody listening. But anyway, it's got four sectors that tend to be the best. And everything is freezing up on me. I'm just about there almost. Aha! I'm there. Closer. Closer. There's a picture of my grandson. Um, okay, so the we article such, says... We are such slaves to our technology. Oh, it's just horrible, isn't it, Tom? Um, so in here, the articles... Oh, Lordy. You know, really... Too many tabs open again. I'll tell this. you what, while you're doing that, let's I go to the... I got it. Let's go, you got it? Okay, all right, go it. ahead. So oh, we can go ahead and do this and finish up. That's fine. I already referenced the article. All right, let's, so do a, let's do a phone call, and then we'll come back to Very that. Good. Uh, good morning. Who are we talking to? Uh, this is Ron. Hey, Ron, you're on with Merle. Go good ahead. Good morning, Ron. Yeah, good morning. Hey, Tom, first with you, uh, congratulations on your upcoming retirement. Uh, I enjoyed listening to you through the years, and uh, you're going to be missed. Thank you. He's not going to be able to get his head out of the door now. <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's all right. He deserves it. <laughs> Merle, a question for you. Uh, I know, listen to the beginning of the show, we're talking about inflation, you know, recession, uh, job market. Uh, how will inflation really come down if you got the four higher signs in every every window and, uh, you know, so the supply and demand is still off kilter where you got more demand than supply. You know, are they just going to be raising interest rates until, you know, they bring it to a halt? Oh, trust me, interest rates going up will bring it to a halt. There's no doubt it'll happen. We just don't know at what, what rate yet. You know, if we take a look at Paul Volcker, apparently 14% was the number back then. I don't think we have to go that high to slow it down. Turn your radio down just a tad, would you? Okay, hang on. Okay, is that better? Ron, did yes, you fall down ahead. along the way? Yeah, I was in a different room. Right. <laughs> so, so, so eventually they'll increase interest rates at a point that it will slow down the economy. And so the, the, you know, the, to slow down the economy, it takes about 4% just to start breaking even, slowing things down. And that's about where we are right now. Okay. So the expectations are is we we're going to go to about 5 to 5 and a quarter, and that should have more of a slowing effect. We're already seeing it happening inside of real estate. Hello? It, Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I can hear you. We're already seeing it happening happening within real estate. I mean, real estate across the board is slowing down. Um, uh, though we had some real nice profit numbers from real estate companies, but of course that's probably always lagging too. So it'll slow down. It'll get there. Um, we'll see it. So eventually, we should start seeing the unemployment numbers going up, and the new jobs created coming down. But we're just not, at least not at this point in time. Um, and that's uh, where. This whole thing is not a traditional type of a, um, a, a recessionary effect coming up. And, again, my opinion is it's a ripple still uh, from the pandemic. But we will eventually get there. 
no doubt. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 715-845-2155. We need to take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and America's largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. USDSA assists city county, state, and federal law enforcement agencies through our many varied programs, including free safety equipment donations, free officer survival training, cash donations, and condolence letters to the family of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. USDSA also offers college scholarships for the dependent children of law enforcement along with the citizen awareness program and thank you cards to law enforcement. These are just some of the ways United States Deputy Sheriff's Association assists America's law enforcement and the citizens they serve. For more information about United States Deputy Sheriff's Association or to see how you can help, visit www.usdeputy.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, taking training to the next level because lives are on the line. My dad served in Vietnam, the 82nd Airborne Division. He never talked about it. And my mom knew not to ask. So dad buried himself in work in... 5.1 FM, WSAU. Whether you have been blind all your life, are just starting to lose vision, or have a blind child or family member... Connecting with other blind and low vision people can help you live the life you want. The National Federation of the Blind is a membership organization of blind and low vision people and you can connect with the chapter right in your own community. To learn more, visit us at blind.org. That's blind.org. The National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelchin Associates are unaffiliated companies. And, folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. We're back in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates. Let's go to the phone this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hello. Hey, I've got a question regarding 401k contribution limits. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, they're going up next year, and I believe in 2024 also. Is that more of a reactive reason or for a proactive reason? Well, it's they give people more of a fighting chance. Well, no, it's been in there for a long time. Just simply adjust itself for inflation. Yeah, and I don't even know what the new numbers are going to be exactly, but, uh, I mean, just for an example, I've been doing this for so long, they were the same number for 20 years, then the inflation adjusted, then they stopped for a number of years, then the inflation adjusted again. And so it's nothing more than that. It's uh, no other reason than inflation adjustment. Does that help you? All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go back to the phone. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Yeah, Mike. Mike, go ahead. Uh, Merle, I'm interested. What's your opinion now on municipal bonds? Mike, I am just about uh, uh, close to um, running around naked in excitement. <laughs> I don't know if you're ready to see that or not. Please don't do that. Please. I'm not ready. No, no, Just no, to no. let you know, I do uh, naked dancing for charity. I haven't raised any money yet, but uh, I do that. All right, Mike. They pay, so, they pay you to not do it. Well, they pay me to put clothes back on, yeah, Tom, yeah, is yeah, the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so Mike, municipal bonds, I'm getting really excited about. Um, I'm a, a big bond guy. I like doing them. You probably haven't bought anything significantly for clients in five, six years. 
Um, and it's because they've been too high and there's been too much of a premium on bonds. But, you know, we look at them and the numbers are really starting to come around to where I'm piquing my interest. Um, but I know that interest rates are going to come up at least one, um, and maybe even two or three more times. And so uh, myself and I'm waiting with a number of clients were sitting around saying, well, you know, let's hang out. So we decided we're going to look to see what's happening here at the end of the year. We knew interest rates are going to go up next week. Um, so I would have to say within this first quarter, uh, municipal bonds are going to be a pretty good thing to look at. Um, the, the beautiful part about it is we're going to be able to get some nice yield, and I, I love the, the bonds. If you do them right, you can buy them with some insurance to them, so you insure the principal and the payments too. Um, so I'm looking forward to them. I think they're going to be really good. But, again, um, Mike, I have to say um, I like buying the bonds, not the bond funds, so make sure you take a look at that. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. 715-845-2155. Phone lines are open right now if you have a question for Merle. You're back to the Mark Holbert column that we were discussing earlier. Yeah, and it'll actually work now. Hopefully. Yeah, well, it's, well, let's see. I have to get back into the article now because you caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the article, if bulls were really in control, these stock market sectors would be the leaders right now. And this is by Mark Holbert. And so um, I'm using the, the the very short portion of this, folks. Um, but in here, um, according to data from uh, Ned Davis Research, um, uh, the S&P 500, the sectors that most consistently outperform over the last three months of a bear market are communication services, consumer staples, healthcare, and utilities. And those essentially are all the same places, folks, that you have during a recessionary period of time, the things you want. Communication services, because we all know we need to have our phones. I mean, we, we have to... we. We live by our cell phones now, but in the old days, we still all made our telephones work. They came into our house. Secondarily, consumer staples, you know, the things we need to have, along with our health care and utilities, are all the things we look at. And so if we say, well, what's going to outperform if the markets do start turning around next year? It's supposed to be in those sectors, at least from uh, bear market data going back to the 70s from Ned Davis Research in Mark Holbert's article. All right, let's go back to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Uh, this is uh, uh, Don from the Wassa area. Go ahead, Don. Morning, Don. I've uh, got a question here for you. Um, I've been really following uh, economics and the news, and I think that the reason that that we have inflation is because we're having our fossil fuel and fossil resources taken away from us that are you know, in domestically produced, too. And I don't think, and I'm kind of an expert in the area, and I don't think it's really... Um, uh, uh, required of the United States to do this when we have all of our exceptionalism with, with that. But I wanted to get your take on the effects of, re- of removing the fossil resources and what this means in terms of it drives the price up at first and then they've got to have unemployment and things like that in order to handle the fact that it's been taken away. Well, all right, Don, thanks for the call. You know, first of all, if you're following economics on an ongoing basis, you must drink a lot. Just uh, <laughs> All right, I'm giving you a hard time on that. Um, you know, so you know, there's probably some effect that's happening from that, and, and I'm not going to comment on how much. I don't think that um, the Green New Deal, if that's the direction you're going, many people look at, have been here long enough to create the economic effect. I'm sorry, the inflationary effect. You know, we, we see so many times, Tom, and everybody listening and saying, well, look what the, the Republicans have done to the economy. Look what the Democrats have done with the economy and that whole bit. But so many times, the economy that, that you receive isn't the one that you necessarily created because you're usually having the effect of prior administrations or two going back and from those decisions. And, and so on that, um, Don, 
that we certainly see, you know, effects of not being able to pump more gas and oil inside of America and refineries not going as much. We can certainly see that in the fuel prices. But I don't know that that's been a direct effect of inflation at this point. Fuel prices are down to two seventy six a gallon right now. Well, I understand that, but that 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 has nothing to do with the pumping or not. That has something to do with uh, the world aggregate of of um, stockpiling. So we have an oversupply of oil at the moment. That's the reason it's dropping down. It's nothing to do with what the administration's doing. The other part of that, though, is that we can see a direct line starting with the past administration, with the Trump administration, going into the Biden administration. We can see the cash flowing into the system. And we can see the M2 money supply. And if you're following this, uh, Don, um, take a look at uh, Milton Friedman um, in economics. And, you know, one of the comments he makes, if you want to follow inflation, follow the M2 money supply. And we can see it directly happening. Now, and the reason for that is we as an economy, I'm sorry, we as a country during the pandemic started flooding a bunch of cash into the system. And, and we did that. And I get it. I understand we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you know, in, in hindsight, we did probably didn't have to, but we didn't know what was going to occur. We didn't know if People are going to be having the lockdown. We didn't know that. So we started flooding money into the system. Uh, the Biden administration came through. They started flooding more money into the system. Again, I'm not complaining right or wrong, but we can see the money flooding into the system directly correlating with the M2 money supply and directly correlating with inflation. And so now as we're not pumping as much money into the system, we can actually see the M2 money supply starting to drop back down. And it's all happening regardless of what happened with fossil fuels, not fossil fuels. Could they have been an amplifying or contributing factor? Certainly, but I don't think they were there enough to create the inflationary problems that we've been having. So, uh, Don, I hope that helps on your perspective. Let's go to the phone this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Jose, how are you today? Jose, go ahead. I heard you talking about drinking and economics earlier, and I can relate. (laughs) Um, I have some, some stocks and bonds and a couple other things, and I'm diversifying lately. A modest amount and all. I'm a dabbler at best. Um, lately, I've purchased about 3 million shares of Shiba Inu and about 250,000 shares of Dogecoin, which is about $500 total. So it ain't a lot. Mm-hmm. Big numbers, but not a lot of money. My question to you is more generically over... I start seeing these Bitcoin ATMs and everything locally. How long do you think that the cryptos are going to be here, or do you see them for being here for a very long time? Oh, boy, now you've poked the hornet's nest. <laughs> you, you obviously haven't listened to the show very much because Merle is not a big fan of crypto, but go ahead. Tell him what you think. Right. Jose, crypto is a computer program. It's not an asset. There's nothing to it. And it just floors me that we now have ATMs that you can buy and sell and, and trade crypto because it doesn't make any sense to me. But. That's, that's my opinion on that and, and shared with a lot of others. So um, I, I talk with my son-in-law about this. Um, okay, so I always tell him, he, he says, I want to go buy some cryptocurrency and, and buy some, uh, um, oh, geez, some Bitcoin. I said, okay, first of all, before you do that, tell me what the company Bitcoin produces. What do they make? What's their profit? He goes, yeah, but Bitcoin comes up. I said, no, no, that, that's not what I mean. Tell me about the company. What do they make? What's the phone number for their conservers, you know, customer service department? And the answer is there isn't any. This is a computer program. So I'm not a big fan of Bitcoin and currency. So is it still going to be around? Probably. Um, uh, but but it's not a real hard asset. And so I would look at that and say, if you bought the Dogecoin and you bought the other stuff, um, plan on it being money that you can afford to lose. 
And if your 500 bucks goes up to 1000 take 500 back out, and at least you're playing with the house's money. And uh, the rest of it is just kind of fun, uh, and you may not have a loss. But it's they're not real investments. Um, I would prefer a person, and in, in certainly uh, for you too, go buy something where you can touch something, um, hold something, and you know or use the product or you have some familiarity. familiarity. That always seems to be the recipe for gaining something over time. Uh, the Dogecoin, unfortunate part in the cryptocurrency, um, just isn't. It's just computer programs. It's not real people. FTX is the proof in that. Oh, big time. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 715-845-2155. And yet, there are people that are making money investing in cryptocurrency, right? Well, I think the tense is wrong. Have made money. Okay. Uh, not so much anymore. Even if we look at some of the uh, the investors that we see every single day on uh, CNBC, um, who put a whole bunch of money with FTX and, and using them as a trading platform because he thought that was going to be a buffer into the computer program world, um, has lost millions and millions and rightfully said, he goes, I got it wrong. He said, it's not an investment. And I don't know how many millions. He just says, I lost millions and millions. And, and you know, it's you can have a, a something that's based upon nothing and you can have it traded inside of a trading platform like FTX, which is trading nothing, and then everybody's surprised that as soon as it doesn't work, everybody loses money. Well, it's all based upon nothing. Anyway, so right. there we go. All right, I'm seven, off I'm off my soapbox now. Seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five. We're gonna take a break here. We'll come back with more. Phone lines are open. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Now, this day. Here's Chris Conley. There's a new magazine on the newsstands on this day, December tenth. We are lions. We bring hope where it's needed. We are a global force for good. Support causes that matter. Change lives. Change communities. Change the world. We plan to seize copies of your list at the FBI. At WSAU and WSAU.com. And we're back in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Phone lines are open. We've got a few minutes left. We talked about municipal bonds earlier, and you said it might be a pretty good time to start looking at bonds again. What are you looking at when it comes to something like that? Well, we, we have to look at price. You know, um, with the bond marketplace, there's there's risk like everything else. But the biggest risk that bonds have, aside from corporations or municipalities going broke, because obviously they go broke, everything goes broke, and, and obviously, but... You can look at the credit ratings on the bonds and making sure that the companies have good credit, good money. There's a lot of companies that do that. But the biggest thing we're looking at is price. So bonds have the ability for us to get a nice rate of return, and it's not part of the stock market. They're two different animals. And, and for the no, last number of years, like I said, you know, five, six years, the price of bonds were so high because interest rates were so low. They work on the teeter-totter, teeter-totter folks. And because the prices were so high, you couldn't get any yield because you're paying so much for the bond you weren't getting enough interest to the bond's maturity to make it worth your while. And so it became really difficult as a bond buyer to actually do that. Now, what's happened is with interest rates coming up so much, um, unfortunately, if you've had bond mutual funds, you know this, because of the interest rates going up so much, those bonds and bond funds are just collapsing in price. The bonds are fine, but the value of them has just dropped, not because there's anything wrong with the company, nothing going wrong in that standpoint. It's just the prices are adjusting from rather than being such a heavy premium they're coming back down to par. I don't know that they're at a discount at this point. 
So that being the case, we now have the ability to look around and say, well, geez, I can you know, do some work and I can find some bonds from a corporate standpoint and maybe paying me a, a 6 or 7% interest and I don't have any market risk anymore, stock market volatility. Is that a good idea for me? We can start asking those questions. So the municipal bond part of it is is we have the ability to do the same thing and say, well, maybe I can get 5 or 6% interest um, on a before-tax basis. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and I also have the ability to buy the insurance, and there's a, I should say buy the insurance, buy the ones that, have, that are insured. The municipality has an insurance company that insures the principles and interest. And, and not only have that, but hit the interest rate and have it insured, do I want to do something like that? And the answer is that sort of stuff is coming back. And so, you know, old guys like me that have been in this business for a while, I can say, well, maybe we can set up a laddered bond portfolio. Most of the young guys in this industry now go, oh, what? Is that a crypto? <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Yeah. Um, but you can set up some ladder bond portfolios and have a nice income stream coming. Um, and then, you know, if you're using municipal bonds, you can have a nice income stream coming that has uh, insurance on the principal and interest. I mean, so that stuff is coming around again. And, and, and I, I like that. I always like that for part of our clients' portfolios. Um, it always made sense to do so. And I think it's coming back. And I, I think it's a good thing. So um, now the reason I say in the next quarter is because we know interest rates are going to go up. And again, it happens that we, we'll know more as, as this week comes on from the Federal Reserve. You know, how long are interest rates going to go up? How much are they going to go up? Are they going to go up for another quarter, for another year? We should have some pretty good information about that by the end of this week. And it's going to make a, a, a big deal on a lot of planning that comes up. But, um, you know, bonds are good. Um, they've just been way overpriced for a long time, and so a lot of people have stayed away from them. Earnings season is almost over now. Uh, what were the companies that really jumped out at you? And uh, I know you can't give any details, of, but I would imagine you follow earnings because you like companies that make money. What were the companies that jumped out to you in the last earnings sessions that uh, people should maybe look at? Well, actually, on the opposite side, um, the ones that ma- jumped out at me that weren't making money are... are so the ones you're going to buy low is what you're saying. Well, yeah, but... Um, What's interesting to me is is companies that sell advertising um, really got ahead of themselves on a couple of them. Um, um, Facebook, by the way, they put too much money in dumb places, and 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 uh, they're going to have some issues coming up, but they still sell a lot of advertising. That advertising is still going to be good. Um, and Google, but we saw the prices come down so much, and so the question becomes: Is are they a buy now or not? And that's some of the things we look at, um, as opposed to other tech companies they call it um, that produce stuff. Uh, you know, when you're looking at your, you know, your Intels and, and uh, um, uh, you know, other firms and, and NVIDIA and this kind of stuff, they're doing that sort of work. But but the advertising side of it, it surprised me on how much it's coming down. Um, the profits that they were losing didn't have as much to do from uh, from anything else other than they spent too much money in other areas. So I think that was pretty interesting. Now, folks, I'm not telling you to go run out and buy this stuff, but I found that really, really interesting. I found out companies like, you know, IBM and, and others had more profit than they believed in Caterpillar and 3BM and all these big manufacturing firms, which, again, tells me that we're not really slowing down. And so, um, but the biggest surprise to me is is how much money a lot of these social media companies were just blowing on goofy stuff. Well, that that's really a, I mean, me. that's happened with hip, hip uh, properties before, right? If we go back to the uh, dot-com boom, uh, there were all kinds of companies that were making money hand over fist and then spending it just as fast. Yeah, and on... And, and, Goofy it, stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and boy, it was a lot more than I ever expected this time. So that's some of the stuff that surprised me part of the earnings seasons. But um, the, the major theme, I guess, uh, would be those. that's the surprises. Um, but we're still making money in America. 
is I've, still going forward. I've asked you this question before. Put on your Swami hat here, and you know everybody wants to get into uh, a sector or a company, uh, you know, on the uh, quote unquote on the ground floor. Everybody would have liked to have bought Microsoft and Apple back in the seventies. Um, do you see a sector? We've talked about this before, but the sector that you, you talked about is what manufacturing the equipment that gets precious metals out of the ground or maybe the uh, the healthcare industry when it comes to uh, devices. What other sectors do you see going forward where people maybe can get in before the prices go completely here's, out, of, here's out of sight? <clears throat> and again, this is opinions, folks. I'm not telling you to run out and buy anything. But um, in, in, a, in a corporate process, in a company process, you hit this point that you, you have a critical mass and the company runs up really, really fast. Then in the corporate cycle, the company becomes big, mature company. They don't grow as fast. And then people lose interest in them because, well, they're not growing as fast. I don't want to own the stock. Even though the company at that point in time is making consistent money, Microsoft is probably an example of that. But what those companies do then is they reinvent themselves and they say, okay, we're going to do it together and change it and, and, and make it better and, and do it better. And, and uh, hopefully they start running up with it critical mass as far as the company growth and stuff. Sometimes it works with the iPhone and iPad. Sometimes it doesn't with the new Coke, right? Precisely. Um, but there's a whole industry that I think is changing in America, and I'm um, um, I'm guessing that it's going to be right, but it's going to be a little bit of time down the road. It's not going to be three months or six months. So if you're looking for a fast change, it's not going to happen. But we're putting an enormous amount of resources for building chips in America. Um, and and it I seems think like almost those, every other week there's a new chip factory opening in places like Ohio and Arizona. We, we have, and all we have stability here, yeah. you know, and, and there's a lot of other places in the world that don't have stability in building anything. And, and so as a result, there's a lot of money coming into it, and I think that's a neighborhood to look at. So in that, in building the chips, you have to have not only the companies that are building the chips, you have the companies that are building the buildings, the companies that are having to create the rare earth metals necessary for it, and then you have the companies that build the machines that build the chips. Mm-hmm. And that whole industry, in my opinion, is 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 investing today is going to greatly benefit those who invest in it in years to come. You know, two years, three years down the road, I think you're going to be um, uh, uh, rewarded handsomely as a result. Now, do your research, talk to your financial uh, professional, go online if you need to, look at those companies and stuff that's part of it. Uh, but I think that's that's one of the biggest things that are coming up. All right. Well, we're out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Folks, you can give us a call, 715-849-3600 locally. You can give us a call toll-free, 866-355-5500. You can stop and visit us on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street, coming in, kick the tires, have a cup of coffee, or you can find us online at kelchinassociates.com. All right, one more time. We'll do one the dance time, next weekend here on Saturday morning. We're coming up on 9 o'clock now. The news is on the way, and Badger Hockey Returns tonight, the Badgers and Minnesota playing from Minneapolis, and you can hear that game here, pregame show at 530 on